0: Hello, internet. This is Chase Watson, AKA the Red Shirt King, and welcome to another very special edition of the Guess the Lines Unicoin Challenge podcast. I am joined, as always, by my good friend Walter Fedchuk. Walter, Group C is over. How are you feeling about it, man? That that happened. It that did. was a thing. It it you know the games happened. It, it's kind of amazing that everything went exactly as expected, and yet not at all how we expected. Which is, which is really hard to do, honestly, to have all six games go chalk and yet still leave me with a lot of unanswered questions. What was the most surprising part of this day to you sure. uh, in, in, in a general sense before we get into the specific games
1: uh e d g is pretty yeah' pretty bad yeah. Like they aren't as good as – so I can kind of forgive the – you know they let Bangkok Titans hang around and Bangkok Titans made a lot of good plays in the early game. And like it was kind of cute to think for like five minutes that, oh my god, they're going to win, they're going to win, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. It, what was inexcusable was the fact that SKT has played against them twice and has curb stomped them in under 27 minutes both games.
0: Yeah, well, well that's what we need to talk about to start is this SKT-EDG game. I, you know, it it wasn't that I thought that EDG was more likely to win. But I did think that this is an EDG team that, as a general rule, has shown a very good ability to adapt. They're a team that's able to look at their mistakes, to make changes to the pick and ban, to make changes to what the enemy team is trying to do, and then capitalize on what they've learned. And what I learned is that EDG learned nothing from that first game. I mean, Amazing AmazingJ was left equally vulnerable, except even more so now, because they don't even have the dragon at four minutes to show for it, and he just kept getting ganked over and over again. I mean, when when you look at this game, like, what do you think EDG's strategy was, and why did it fall apart so quickly so badly?
1: Uh, the strategy was basically to leave Gnar on an island against the Darius and then have this kind of roaming pick composition between Gragas and Twisted Fate and Thresh
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and just try and catch SKT out, and it, pr- probably in particularly Wolf and Bengi out in the jungle. But Wolf and Bengi, their vision control, they went on Morgana uh, – so Wolf got Morgana, which is about as anti-you-can't-pick-me-off. A champion as you can get, unless you'd layer like four CCs and just try and blow up Black Shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is what it is. I think that was a good counter pick into protecting wolf and kind of his haphazard kind of roaming style and his haphazard. I'm going to randomly walk in here and get vision. Um, I think me Mako's Thresh was awful. I think Mako was the one that seemed to be wandering aimlessly and wandering into the fog of war to try and go get vision without having anyone there to back him up. I remember at, particularly at one point he like walked towards dragon to go into the enemy jungle and ward. And there's three members of SKT sitting there waiting for him and his mid laner is back in base. Mm-hmm. Just uh, they played really, really poorly, and SKT just played very crisp. Even the, the the couple of deaths they had were in team fights. I don't think anyone was ever really caught out. There's never anything that was like, oh man, like why were they there? It was very like, when they died, it was in team fights with you know, Kalista getting the rend off before she b- got blown up. You know, things like that. There, uh, there was
0: like one gank top from uh, yeah the pawn onto Amazing yeah. but by that point. Amazing J had died so many times that giving Amazing J one kill accomplished nothing. And by the way, SKP yeah. grabbed the mid-tower because Pawn left the lane and for Dragon. five seconds. And Dragon. And, yeah. and then Faker solo killed Pawn about 20 seconds later. And yeah. then suddenly you realized, you know, this is one of those things that I remember talking to the China Talk people when EDG was slumping back in the spring, I think it was. And I was trying to understand, like, why is Pawn who is usually such a great mid laner, struggling right now. And they're like, well, this is a meta in which he, there wasn't a great mobility mid laner. And he's someone that only thrives when he's able to escape, when he's able to kind of go in and take advantage of when trades go wrong, because eventually he'll get a trade that goes right and that works itself out. Rise is a great counter to that playstyle, and I haven't seen, you know, no one but SKT has picked this, and SKT's never picked this except against Pawn, which makes me think that it was a direct counter to his playstyle rather than any champion he was playing, and he just got locked down time and time and time again, and like, when you're Twisted Fate, that's a death sentence. You can't, I, you can't survive that. I think
1: Pawn really wanted Yasuo with this composition. Like I think he really, really wanted Yasuo, and you can't play Yasuo against Ryze. Yeah. A Rise will Ryze is about as good a counter pick as you can get to a Yasuo as anything. Because he's still ranged, he can still harass you, but the second you try and go in on him, he just roots you and combos you. You know, this is this is I I think you're right. I think this is just Baker saying, I'm playing Ryze against you, period. Yeah. Until, you know, someone convinces me that you know this isn't good against your style and how you play and how you want to be aggressive and how you want to move around the map and be like, fine, you could go roam down to try and you know get an alt. I'm just gonna sit in a bush and wait for you to come back, and then I'm gonna blow you up because you wasted all your you know your all your cooldowns. Mm-hmm. So I I think this says a lot about EDG, and I think that this has quickly become a, a one horse race that SKT is you know a favorite by a large large margin. Uh, we'll see what Orion does tomorrow, but Yeah, I was going to say the group All D these games, Chinese teams just fell. They just they have just fallen behind where SKT is. And maybe it'll be different when you get into the knockout stage and you're playing best of 5s, but man, right now one, one Chinese team is
0: gone, right? No. Well, the EDG's through. EDG the only through. team that Yeah, you IG and through right now. IG would have to make a huge step forward and LGD needs to make a huge step forward and have a lot of things bounce their way. Even if they go 3-0, and it would not be in their destiny. So it's, it's, it's a tough time right now if you're a LPL fan. And I think a lot of people, you know, this has been brought up before. Thorin did a great video on it, and I, you know, so I'm not going to go on too much of a rant about it, but right. there is this idea of understanding that this is not the LPL we saw when we looked at any of the video evidence. This no. is this is a team that used to pride itself on Def's laning phase, really carrying it through. Koro was the top laner for EDG for most of their season, and Koro is one of the most you know famous and prolific top laners that EDG you know or all of China really have ever had. Right, and you know I I get why you make the shift to Amazing J. You know his playstyle is in theory a little bit better in this meta. And, you know, Koro, unfortunately, with his illness, that's, that's going to make things rough. But at the same time, like, this this team right now, th- this is not what EDG was. EDG was a team that would, you know, pick these great team fights. And you, and you see flashes of it. We'll talk later about some of the plays they made on uh, both H2K and the Bangkok Titans, where it's like, oh, that's a classic EDG play. That's really nice. Why did it take 25 minutes to get to that play? I don't know, but at least they did it. But if they can't figure out how to play the early game in this meta, I mean, there are too many teams out there right now who are too smart in how they handle the early game. And they're just going to get picked to shreds. I,
1: I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. No, I, I, I completely agree. Um I, I think this is this uh, as poorly as EDG looks this is really really good for SKT because they've spent this entire it, this entire past 2 weeks Playing this playstyle around Marin, which that's where the meta is, these top carries, and being very Marin focused, mm-hmm. and while they're kind of pulling away from Faker and focusing on Marin, it's opening up a lot for Bang and Wolf to be able to do by themselves. Bang and Wolf, granted, these are not the strongest, you know, the strong two of the strongest teams in the in the tournament in Bangkok Ties and H2K, and they don't really have strong bottom lanes, but they manhandle Deft and Mako. Which yeah. are is considered, you know, Deft is considered the second eighty carry in the world behind, you know, behind Imp and Mako has been. anytime I listen to China talk and any I listen to Frosty or, or or Kelsey, they're always talking about Mako and his ability to play these kind of engaged supports. And he, you know, he hasn't looked good. He has looked very poor, and SKT has played around them beautifully.
0: Yeah, they at least he's looked really poor in those. Uh... In those SKT games. I think as Tom Kent yeah. later in the day was a little bit better. But, again, you're looking at such a different quality of opponent. And that's the hard part of evaluating them right now. You know, this is an... You know, we're going to talk about H2K versus the Bangkok Titans. You know, this is a game in which H2K did what needed to be done. Then they won that game in 25 minutes. Which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think says more about the Bangkok Titans than anything else. But they, you know, they, they made... They made some plays. They, they caught, you know, they t- ended up catching out people more than they really, you know, were proactive on things with the uh, exception of that first gank bot that kind of led to some positioning there. But it's still a team that it seems benefits more from an enemy team trying to engage on them before that enemy team is ready than a team that can proactively... Get the vision that they need to make the plays themselves, which is something that I think really hurts them going forward as a unit where do you Where do you lie on h two k after you know games like this uh they're they're very weirdly
1: been playing like eighty carry centric mm-hmm. like they 've been really trying to make this about Yarnin. and i <sighs> much sure how i feel about that like that's not that's not considering that he's one of the weaker players on your team that doesn't seem like the best idea granted against lloyd and moss sure you can do that but against you know bang and wolf or depth and mako like this it just doesn't seem like it was an intelligent idea to play like that when you have a brilliant top leader in Wamne and ryu is not Ryu is not the worst mid laner in the world. Like, let's be honest, he's a, been a very strong mid laner in Europe. He's a very safe. Um, he kind of reminds me of of Pawn, where he he really excels when he's on these kind of mobility, when he can move around the map, when he can get a lot of ganks off, uh, when he can roam with LeBlanc and whatnot. Um, and outside of that, I I think it's the same thing coming in. You need to probably replace Lolex, and you need to probably replace Yarnan.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's what it comes down to. And, and my feelings about how much you need to replace Lulex are better explained when we talk about some of the later games. There really wasn't much to learn about this game because Bangkok Titans were terrible. Uh, my summary of the game, which I sent to Adele as I was watching this game live, was this team is not very good. At the risk of repeating myself in this section after every game today, I'll note <laughs> that G4 and Lloyd were particularly terrible. That is all. I mean, at G 4s Yasuo was overextending way too often. They made he made it easy for a lot of those kills in the mid lane, yeah. and and Lloyd, I mean, I mean he looked he looked terrible, which is what makes the next game really funny because then this Bangkok Titans team that got crushed by H Two K comes in and for quite a while is in a legitimate. Point of, of of a lead here. When now obviously you and I didn't jump on the kind of Twitter hype bandwagon that was already, you know, promoting EDG's demise before, you know, the twenty minute mark, which I always think is a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. But when you were watching this game, did you feel like those first twenty minutes were more of of the Bangkok Titans? finally playing the kind of game that they've been wanting to play this whole tournament? Or do you feel it was EDG once again kind of getting picked apart by some of their weaker laning phases and some of their early game mistakes? I, I, I think it's a combination. I think be, I think the Titans played a very
1: interesting, very aggressive, in-your-face, we're going to just you know gank, 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 gank with Rengar. And I think that went pretty well. I think that caught EDG off guard. I think the mistakes that they did make in landing phase were abused because of this. You know, heavy. It, it seemed like any time they made a mistake, Wengar mm-hmm. was already there. Like he was just, he was happening to walk by. No, and like the mistake happens, and it just makes the gank all that much easier. Um, I really don't understand kind of Clearlove's fascination with the Gragas. He's played it four times now. Yeah, it's like weird. I. I get Pawn plays Yasuo, and Yasuo is pretty strong in the meta right now, but, like,
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's really weird. The thing about Gragas is you're so—somehow some, that champion went from being, you know, the reliable tanky guy back when Cinderhulk was the king to mm-hmm. now sometimes being very feast or famine. And you look at Elise or you look at Rek'Sai, and these guys always have— uh, a reliable either gap closer or way to get this locked down. You know, you have the cocoon at a long range for a release that can get that stun as long as you are, you know, half decent with the skill shot. You have Rexi being able to tunnel in and cover these distances and use the prey seeker to slow the enemy down. With Gragas, if you're not landing that body slam, I don't know what you're doing for your team in in a lot of these ganks and a lot of the time, and especially in this game, there were some clear love ganks that were so clearly foreshadowed, you know, just either went over a ward and just decided he didn't care about it. Cause it's, it's the Bangkok Titans and why do we have to care? Uh, and, you know, so just really lackluster kind of respect for what these champions are able to do is in order to escape from some of these situations. And, he just didn't have the effectiveness that he should have. And I, I do want to make this point. There was there was a, a mention of arrogance when it comes to describing EDG's play in this game by the caster desk. This was something that, you know, came up on Twitter. I thought when you look at Pawn's death at the eight minute mark, when he literally just recalls right in front of the tower before realizing, Oh, maybe G four might realize this is a terrible idea and then just gets killed by a glitter lance auto attack. Like that's just a straight up disrespect for your lane opponent, and what in what way you know in, in what sense is it fair to chalk up some of these EDG problems, especially in this particular game, to that kind of lack of respect for the opponent they're playing? Oh, I, I, I think there's plenty of it. I, let's be honest. If I was EDG, I wouldn't be
1: taking Bangkok Titans very seriously or H two Gaming very seriously. Yeah. I would probably be be as the China talk people you know, bring up sandbagging a little, Mm -hmm. I'd probably be trying to, you know, just be a little, little stylish. Like, you know, Oh, whatever. Like Clearlove at some points in the Bangkok Titans game did not care where they're like, didn't even think, Oh, maybe there's a ward here. He just assumed there's no possible way that there could be a ward here in this very obvious, you know, tri bush protecting their 80 carry. Like there's no way there could be a ward here Mm -hmm. as you know, all of a sudden his rate thing goes off and he's like, Oh, there's a ward. (laughs) Like (laughs) who could have foreseen this? Who could have expected that a ward would be in such a simple place? Oh, I, I just yeah. I think they were kind of disrespectful. I think they just assumed that it was in the bag. Uh, even if you know, even if they screwed up one of these games, there's no way they're going to screw up both of them. And even if by some miracle they screw up both of them, SKT's got their back, and then they just have to win a tiebreaker against H2K. Yeah, like they were in such a they were in such a strong position that they could. That they weren't punished for take for uh you know not taking these two teams seriously. They knew they could get away with not you know not taking this as seriously as possible.
0: But see, um, my problem with that is if you are gonna do that, like go all out with it, pull out the mid game uh, the the mid lane Olaf like we saw SKT do. Like SKT had that kind of game against the Bangkok Titans the first time these teams played, and the way SKT handled it was they picked genuinely weird stuff because they wanted to see how certain matchups worked and yeah. how they were looking at this particular meta. And it worked. You know, you nope. got to see, like, oh, Rumble probably isn't that great right now. Marin can still do it because he's Marin. But, yeah, I probably wouldn't do this again in a serious game. And Olaf versus Aurelia, how does that go? Well, uh, we trust Marin to be able to do this. So if we ever need to take, oh, you know, Olaf and you know, Aurelia an top lane, which I don't think is going to happen. You, but know, you know what the Olaf
1: really means? What is it it means Faker's going top and Easy Hoon's coming in to play
0: mid. I gotta be honest, I would love <laughs> that. I mean, I would hate to see Marin not in the game. Because no, Marin's going to s- jungle. So, so, you, so you're saying Scrap Bengi yeah. put Marin... I would I would run this for a game. I don't know why they didn't do that for the second game against the Bangkok Titans. Because than, they aren't us. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. This is like uh, like when we told Origin that they should give their coaching spot to the Make a Wish Foundation, and then they gave it to Hermit. It turned exactly, out that, was, that was a much smarter idea. X backer might know how to run a team slightly. That more. that was a, yeah, that was actually
1: intelligent. Although yeah. we might want to double check with Hermit and make sure he doesn't have some sort of like, <laughs> you know, thing. <laughs> Because if that if that did, I'd feel absolutely horrible for him, but we'd be – like, you guys should just listen to us for every time. Like, anyone that we tell you to bet on, you should just be like, yeah, bet on him because we're we're psychic.
0: I I really hope that we're wrong. <laughs> That's not the case. I'm going to root for Herbert to be perfectly fine. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on because I don't think there's anything more to say about that. Uh, H2K versus SKT. This is the Easy Hoon hype. This is the uh, Adele Schwedria game because Karthus locked in for Easy Hoon. This is uh, Adele's favorite pick if you don't follow him on Twitter, which you totally should. Uh, Walter, when you look at what Easy Hoon kind of brought to this SKT team and the way he was able to play this Karthus, what, what were your thoughts on this whole, this whole switch?
1: Um, they're saving Faker's wrists. That's it.
0: I mean, that's I, fair.
1: I, I, they played the exact same way with Easy Hoon in as they did with Faker in. Their playstyle didn't change in the slightest. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was easy, Hoon. Yeah. Like maybe Faker doesn't play Karthus in this, you know, in this situation. Maybe he probably plays Rise against Twisted Fate again, but it, it's no big deal. They knew that they they had you know they had incredible confidence that they were going to be EDG, that they were going to secure the number one seed, and they'd already seen what H2K and Bangkok Titans had done throughout the rest of the week, and they said, "There's you know, even if we lose one of those games, it doesn't even matter. Like we've got this lock. Let's you know give Faker a break."
0: Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's interesting. I I really liked seeing it, first of all. I also think uh, you should be able to pat yourself on the back, because you called the Evelyn thing being a thing that somebody was going to bring out. Yeah, um, I didn't expect it on Bengi. No,
1: I yeah. didn't expect it on um, Bengi either, honestly. I mean, I know he plays Evelyn. I know that's kind of in his wheelhouse, and that's part of his style, but yeah, yeah, no, i I, Benji
0: wasn't the one I expected to play it first. But but you know what? It makes perfect sense to play it against H2K, because—and this is where I I start doing my why Lulex needs to go, like, today. Like, why you could just uh, put out the release this afternoon that you're looking for for a jungler uh, at this point, because there was no coordination— On warding between him and causing for every game in this whole tournament, pretty much, but especially this one. And that's really bad when you're going up against Evelyn because warding against Evelyn is your best way of countering that pick. You need to have the pink wards in the right places. You need to have these kind of coordinated, you know, vision plays such that you can feel comfortable making these moves and they put themselves in a position where they were never going to feel comfortable making those moves. They were never going to be able to feel comfortable with some of the rotations that they needed to make. And, and yes, they had a couple, you know, great twisted fate Ryu plays, and they got away from, you know, what was essentially a terrible early game by giving Bang about five kills on Callisto in the first ten minutes. Which, for the record. You don't do that to Bang. He's one of the best Callista players that you're going to see. And, you know, you know, I get it. But you can't win that mid-to-late game if you don't have the vision needed to turn some of these things around. And they just didn't. And, and I put the blame – I don't know if you want to blame Causing or Lulex for that. Probably both of them deserve some blame. Uh-huh. But I have a lot more faith in Causing in the long run than I do in Lulex.
1: Oh, at- Absolutely, and to the point, I think you could have put, it, put any Chinese or any North American team in this group, and they would have made it out of the group 4-2. Yeah. Even, even as poorly as like CLG played, like, H2K, they have absolutely no coordination between their, bot, like, between their, their jungler and anyone, mm-hmm. and Sharnan and Like yeah. There's no more coordination. Lulex and Harnan are obviously the two odd men out.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. And I will say that I thought Oduamne played better today than he has yeah. previously in the tournament. He looked kind of like the guy that I thought he was going to be when I put him on my players-to-watch list with, with Magic. Um, uh-huh. That said, what's, I, I guess the one thing we need to talk about before we can move on is the bug that was uh, that caused a pause in the game where Oduamne got a stun— And Evelyn was able to flash out anyway. This has been controversial for people at home who were watching it. It it seemed to me like there was definitely a gold card play that was possible had the stun come through. So the problem with that is that
1: in my understanding, there is some sort of buffer to – Flashing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And there is an ability, there is a way to flash the Renekton stun. The part that is actually being under review is that after he flashed, he should have been stunned. Right. Because the auto attack animation went off. The auto attack happened, the stun happens. The stun, you know, the cooldown happened on Renekton. Mm-hmm. The Evelyn should have been stunned at the end of the flash. Like if you flash a gold card, if you flash a, um, you know, th- this is the same thing. You could technically flash a morganda binding and still end up being rooted at the end of your flash.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There, it happens. It's really funky, and it has to do with the way that the uh, that the the game processes these buffers of. of Abilities and whatnot interacting, so it's not that the flash was the problem and that oh the stun didn't happen at the beginning. It's that the stun just never happened. Yeah. So it honestly looks like he she hit the flash, it buffered, and he was able to get back under tower. It's the part at the end where the fact that he wasn't stunned when he got under tower, I think, is kind of the questionable part.
0: Right. And, And no, it was it was certainly ruled a bug, and the ruling was that. It was not a bug that changed the impact of the game in any way because the spells that would have been needed to close the gap and do some more damage were all on cooldown, which Riot has access to that in ways that we just don't. I think it was the right call. Yeah. I think if I'm an H2K fan, knowing that it was likely the right call doesn't make me feel any better about the fact that it happened. But this is what happens when it's an online game. There are sometimes going to be plays that... Are affected by bugs, and you know, at the very least, the process worked. They took a lot of time in that pause, trying to make it, uh, trying to make sure that every variable was taken into account. They had a very specific explanation as to why the game was able to still be played afterwards, and that's something. I mean, that's all you can really ask for in those situations. And mm-hmm. I feel badly for H2K fans who saw it and and. And look at the the replay, and don't quite understand how those stuns lock up, and it, it looks a little bad. But mm-hmm. as you explained it, as, as I understand it, I, I think they made the correct call. I, I think both times that
1: there have been these these administrative long pauses, this mm-hmm. one and the ward interaction mm-hmm. um, in the in the the dragon pit. I think was a TSM game. Uh, it was a CLG
0: game, actually. CLG game. Um,
1: I think that Riot handled them masterfully and took time and made sure that it was the right decision mm-hmm. and that because they knew whatever decision they made was probably going to impact uh, impact the course of the game. Yes,
0: yeah. and 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 as you said, I think the right choice was made here, and I think that at the end of the day, it's it's unfortunate. For, for H2K that it went that way, but I also think at the end of the day, this is SKT. They were going to win this game. They were so clearly ahead in so many factors of this game. Yeah. And the way that the mid and late game played out, it's not like that immediately turned the game against H2K. Yeah, no, they were already
1: the losing way. the game at that point. Yeah,
0: that's They had already started to turn, and they didn't give themselves any opportunity to come back. Uh, next game we've got to talk about is this EDG H2K game. A very slow rolling, I think is safe to say. Mm-hmm. This was a uh, a rotato's game, if you will. A rolling stone does gather moss. Yeah. Well, I mean, Moss played in the next game, but still. <laughs> uh, God, I've, uh, that is. Uh, I was making the Malphite joke here, but man, congrats! I, nope. I, I do, Go I for the really obvious one. We, uh, we we both went. Yeah, yours was smarter than mine, but we're just gonna we're gonna both agree that we uh, that we both won in the ability <laughs> to make our our audience cringe simultaneously. Tom Kench. It's uh t- man, the unbenching the Kench really seems like a strong play right now. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's making Tom Kench so good in this particular kind of format because this is not a pick that we saw in 516. This is not a catch. we saw in on 515. So so the way you beat siege compositions which con- hey, look, look Look at what look at what EDG has.
1: It's a siege composition with Lulu and Jinx. It's a jugger it's a jugger Jinx composition. It's a siege composition. It's relying completely on the Jinx. And the way you beat those is you create hard engage teams. Oh look, you have Annie, Kalista, Orianna, Elise and Fiora. That's a pretty hard engage team. So the entire aspect, the entire point of the Hard Engage team is to either blow up the Lulu or blow up the Jinx and then, you know, finish off the rest of the team fight. Um, if you can't target the Jinx, you can't really blow up the Jinx, which, surprise, that's what Tom Kench does. Yeah. You know, Tom Kench goes, oh, you just stunned my Jinx with any stunt. Nom. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, look, you, yeah, nothing.
0: The thing that's really impressed me about Tom Kench so far is the Ability for a lot of these high quality competitive teams to really use his ultimate in a way that, you know, I, I think shows the impact that Riot always expected this champion to have when he first hit the scene. You know, it was one of those things where early on, just because he didn't have the kind of laning presence that uh, he has now, now that they've tuned some things, they've made his Q a, a better poke tool. But that ultimate is something that I always thought back in the day had the ability to make some very interesting plays. It allows Mm -hmm. you to kind of get behind the enemy team and not only get you behind the enemy team, but get you and whoever is next to you get in that position. And sometimes that means baiting things out and letting your AD carry kind of hang out in the middle of a fight. (laughs) Then suddenly eat the AD carry and let the new top laner that's... You know, fresh and ready to go, just come in and do all this damage, or mm-hmm. you know, all these different kind of things. And it was, it really, I thought this was something that made Mako look like the support that we knew he could be. I think he, his his ability to use that ultimate really set up several big fights for mm-hmm. this team, kind of coming behind them, especially that fight that you know around the thirty minute mark, where it was still a very close game at this point. Huk was pretty even with EDG and gold at this point. And now there's this fight in the Baron and Mako has brought in, I believe he brought in, uh, Deft, and now they're poking into this fight and now they're cornered because the fight was coming in on both sides and causing whiffs, the Annie, which was really kind of disappointing. Right. Yeah. And that was game. Like as soon yeah. as that fight was over, I wrote game over in my notes yep. because it, they were never going to come back from that.
1: Yeah. Clever usage of, of the Tom Kench Ultimate is probably what define, like makes this champion not just be a good champion, but a really great champion. Mm-hmm. And the players that we have seen play the champion have, for the most part, done that. Have used his ultimate to corral enemy champions into one direction. Or, uh, I remember yesterday, whoever played it, used it to engage a team fight by teleporting in with his AD carry. Like... Stuff like that. Yeah, it's... you do a lot of very interesting things with him. I am waiting to see him outside of support. He can jungle and he can play top lane fairly well. Mm-hmm. And apparently Faker plays a mean AP mid lane. Tom catch So that's what
0: I've heard. So I, I really want it. I really want to see that happen. It, it's it's something that you don't think you want it, but the second you have it, you want more of it. Absolutely. Um by the way the, it was a uh, gorilla yesterday on the top gorilla who just looked so good in that first win uh which was their most impressive one I think of the day yesterday against CLG. Uh Kench is 3 and 0. Uh he's been banned twice. Uh he was banned from Q Tigers each of those two games after Gorilla used it so effectively. <laughs> and the two games the, the I mean the three games that has gone through now after today's games. Uh they've all won. They've all <laughs> been victories and I think it says so much about the utility of this champion, but also how hard it is to really get the most out of him. Because if it was, you know, if it was another, you know, perfect utility works in every kind of situation support, like, you know, these players are sometimes making him to be with this kind of, you know, cross map utility and ability to save your carry, that's always going to be valuable. You'd think it would be played at the same level as like a Thresh or, you know, a... uh, a Braum or something like that, but we're not seeing it very much. And I think it's because the people who are playing it are people who really, really understand how to get the most out of it. And those people are very, very scary. I, I wonder what's going to happen when we see a very average Tom Kench and if that's going to kind of change the way that uh, that people have to approach picks and bands if they're playing someone who really has a great Tom Kench. Yeah, I I don't think
1: teams are just going to randomly just pick Tom Kench just because he's strong. I think the teams that have played him have players that have put a lot of time into him and learning the the ins and outs of the champion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's really – like the teams that they're picking them against are teams that haven't really played against them much and really don't know – how to play against him, and don't know how to interact with him, mm-hmm. and don't you know, don't understand the amount of you know the crazy amount of regen that uh, that his uh, his gray health the the e can yeah. really give him.
0: That thick skin's really good, man. Either either you get the regen back, or you get the super awesome shield, and it works out really well. And you're right, people like Aprem have just completely underestimated that in the last couple times we've seen it. So. I'm very excited to see where it goes. The The next game, the last game we get to talk about from Group C is SKT versus the Bangkok Titans. I mean, is there anything really to say about this game other than Marin is really good? You know, everyone's pretty good, but Marin especially is really good?
1: I, th- this was just another game that just encapsulated how uh, how SKT have been playing, you know, over the past two weeks of, of this very top lane centric style that is in meta. Um, beyond that, I just, you know, ba- Bangkok Titans, they put up a lot more of a fight in this game than they did the first time around. Mm. And I think this week they put up a lot more of a fight, um, especially against, you know, arguably two of the best teams in the world. Although, you know, Orien might have something to say about that EDG.
0: Yeah, I, it's, it's really interesting to see how the Bangkok Titans seem to have played to the level of their opponent and some of that obviously like we said EDG probably underestimated them a bit and that allowed them to to get in in a way that most of the time wouldn't happen but at the same time i think it shows a lot about this this thing that we've talked about in the past about why wild card teams are here and the ability for a region to grow when a team like that gets this experience and then they start scrimming with everyone else in the region and the other teams in that region naturally learn from the lessons that they've learned, and suddenly the worst teams in the region get better, and the region as a whole gets better because there's a better quality of game that they're playing on a regular basis. I don't know if this is going to be that for the GPL. You know, mm-hmm. this is a region that already had previously a lot of access to high quality opponents from their LMS, com- uh, you know, counterparts before mm-hmm. the split happened. I think that a lot of those guys could still probably scrim if they really wanted to so i'm not sure that this opens necessarily new opportunities but it does show that this is a team that can learn and for a team that in the wild card uh, invitational in turkey i thought was very just run at everyone's face and hope that you win the bloodbath more than the enemy team does i mm-hmm. think we saw some legitimate strategy from them i think we saw an improvement in their vision i think we saw an improvement in the roams that they were making. It didn't always work because it's SKT, but I think we're seeing the pieces come together and I'm very interested in seeing where that ends up. You know what I'm I'm less interested in seeing where it ends up more and more as it goes on is uh is my final tally on this Unicoin challenge <laughs> because I managed to lose all but my my 14 multi bet. I took H2K over EDG, which almost looked like I had something. For the first 30 minutes, I'm like, man, putting 10 unicorns on this was actually really smart. And then it wasn't. And uh, and I put 30 on EDG versus SKT because I figured the odds were good. And what are the odds that EDG looks that bad again? Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer apparently is 100%. Uh, and somehow worse. And then I just put 10 on everyone else playing chalk, which got me a whole 12.94. So... That those two point nine four unicorns are really, uh, really making me feel better about the forty I lost today. It's uh, it's it's another one of those days. But then you, um, you're feeling a little bit better about it, I think.
1: In, in all my masterful planning, I, you know, did my three three my multi bet on H two K winning all three games, which I, I it had a chance, even even against SKT, it had a pretty good chance. Like mm-hmm. I was, hey, you know. Uh, but then I, I put enough on the other three games, SKT beating EDG, SKT beating Bangkok Titans, and EDG beating Bangkok Titans, uh, that I basically made up what I lost on the HTK bet. So I came ahead like a cool 80. Uh, yes. 80.37 Unicoins. Yeah. Of so I, right.
0: I, I'm even compared to yesterday. You literally made point three seven Unicoins over the course of today. Thanks to there that we bet. go. And you know what? Congratulations to you because I keep shooting myself in the foot, which meant that the lead has now increased to two hundred seventy-three point nine seven Unicorns, a thirty-eight point four three increase from yesterday. Purely on me, just having no idea what I'm doing apparently, <laughs> and, and just putting way too much faith in the LPL. Which uh, I, I, I thought your, I thought your Twitter bio, bio said gambling expert. Oh, oh, don't do that now. I'm going to have to change, like, the byline on this whole Unicorn thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to be like, man, this is getting more. Like, I feel badly for people that are uh, that have been counting on my picks. Because, honestly, the funny part is the group stage, I actually have been doing very well. I thought Flash Wolves was going to get out of Group A. I said that from the very beginning. I was absolutely right on that. I thought Pain Gaming was going to win two games. You can look back at my Less than Legends podcast for that. I was right about that. Uh, I feel. Really- hey,
1: I said Payne was going to win three. You did. Uh, and they almost
0: did. They almost did. You almost looked really, really good on that. Um, I, you know, obviously Group C. I think everyone kind of thought it was going to go this way. Group C went completely chalk, but yeah. it kind of should have gone completely chalk. So I'm feeling like my overall bets, like my picks, have been fine. It's when I add gambling to the mix because then I, I, I stop thinking about. Who do I think is legitimately going to win this? And uh-huh. I start thinking, ah, uh, the odds. And do I really want to, you know, put a whole bunch of unicorns on Maple when he's been so back and forth? And yeah, I, and I talked myself out of it. And once again, man, the LMS. Uh, it, well, it, it's just it's been an, an interesting tournament, if nothing else. But uh, but these unicorns, we're just, we're not doing this just for for bragging rights. We're doing this for uh, for a couple great charities. I am competing for nothing but nets. Uh, who give nets out to underprivileged families in Africa who can't afford things like a, a malaria vaccine. Those nets keep the mosquitoes out, which has a very, very high effectiveness rate in preventing that disease from spreading. And you can buy a whole net to, to save a family for $10, which is kind of insane. So uh, I've been very happy to be able to represent them, even if I've been very terrible at it. But Walter, you've got to be feeling good for your charity more and more as this competition goes on. Uh, yeah i'm
1: i'm feeling great that you know we'll be able to send some money over to uh to write love on her arms it's a charity that helps pro- uh not promote but helps uh bring awareness to and helps people suffering from a variety of mental illnesses uh mainly s- around depression suicidal thoughts and the like uh it's a great charity it tends to pair itself with uh with musical acts particularly those that tend to be at like van's warp tour uh fallout boy panic of the disco that that kind of genre of music mm-hmm. uh they've also had uh sports stars like abby wambach and other uh other youtube stars that have you know done done donation drives for them and that have you know really promoted them uh so i'm feeling great and i'm glad that we'll be you know I'll probably be winning
0: this. <laughs> wow. The confidence is really – it's really shining through right now. And I, the worst part is I have nothing to say. Like I can't argue with you on that right now. <laughs> this, this is how you should feel. But the good news is uh, we're going into day three. This is group D on the uh, the gambling lines. And right now our gambling lines challenge, if nothing else, uh, it is four to four in our, in our guest alliance. So anyone's game – And these games, I think, are very, very interesting. And they create a lot of really fun opportunities for some bets here. And we start with TSM versus Origin. Obviously, these guys met on day three. Uh, Origin was not that high of a favorite, actually, when you look at the the odds that were given out. But it was a very convincing game from them. What do you think TSM is going to do to try to prevent that? You know, pick and ban forced into, uh, into a teamfighting composition that happened last time.
1: Um, can you just ban double teleport instead?
0: <laughs> I don't think that techno- the technology isn't there yet.
1: I-, I can't just ban the teleport summoner spell?
0: <laughs> Man, uh, I'll
1: give up all three champion bans just for the ability to ban teleport.
0: Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, Riot says, okay, we're going to make this rule now. You can forfeit all of your champion bans and ban one summoner spell. And then you have to decide: do you ban teleport or do you ban flash? Oh, right. Ooh, flat, flash
1: is a good one because everyone runs flash.
0: And meanwhile, you have to—you'd have to give like a priority pick or something. They'd have to work it out. It would be one of the silliest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, before. it's absolutely silly. Uh, but to actually beat Orion, um,
1: I TSM just has to play better. Uh, um. Santorin needs to actually have some sort of impact on the games. Like, he needs to actually exist as a player inside of the games and actually do something and not just sit in, sit in a chair on stage to fill, like, to fill a chair, which is essentially all he's been. Yeah. Um, him and Lustboy especially need to work together a lot better at their word control. And I think they just need a little bit more out of, out of Wild Turtle. I think if Turtle can give them a little bit more, they can stand a chance at at getting out of this group. Uh, We have to also realize that Dyrus is very likely, this is his last day of ever playing League of Legends. Um, So let's hope he actually gets to play League of Legends, because that that would be really nice. Um, But actually, for beating Orion, I have to think that Hermit has something funky up his sleeve, being on red side. uh, He's probably going to give up a, a priority pick. He might give up like a Lulu or an Elise or you know something like that, so he can still have the target bans. But if there's going to be a game, an unexpected like game for TSM to win, it's probably this one because they're on blue side.
0: Well, that's the funny thing, right? Is you you look at Origin so far throughout this tournament, and they've been on red side two of the three games already, and they've had no problem target banning. And at some point it just forces, you know, the blue side starts panicking because you can't let all of these things through. So you start banning at least one of them. And then there's only, you know, one left. And, and then that steals away a band that blue side has been getting away with, especially today. I noticed that basically all the red side bands were the same throughout. They never tried to target. They never tried to mix it up. I I still feel like there's room for, for red side to innovate there. And if anyone's going to do it, uh, it, it's been Hermit so far. I think it'll be yeah. Hermit again. My my worry is that if Origin does play another team fight comp, and the answer is TSM needs to work as a five man unit
1: it's th- probably the greatest five man unit here in the
0: tournament. Yeah, I don't think that ends well. I don't think no. that's a, I don't think that's a path to success. So maybe it's a pick comp. Maybe you you know you put Santorin on the Nidalee and just. Tell, don't tell him it's a competitive game. Tell him it's solo queue. <laughs> and that, you know, he can just go as hog wild as he wants. I could just imagine him looking to Lokodoko, just starry-eyed. Like, really? I'm allowed to go try to get kills? He's like, yes, Santorin, go for it. And yes, then my suddenly friend. He just, he just ganks the way. Because that's the funniest thing about Santorin, right? Is that, like, when you talk to, like, Nasser Al-Naki from Gold Pretend, like I did on the <laughs> podcast, like, you watch his solo, game, uh, his solo queue games he 's really good at ganking and putting all this early pressure on and doing all this this crazy stuff, and then it 's in a competitive game, and he just won 't do it and at yeah. some point you know and this is something we 'll be saying about cacao for uh, for sunday 's games at some point, maybe you just say i don 't care if it costs the team something, you have to let him off the leash because it 's not going to work this way. Where yeah. do you think the line is on this game? I am gonna say Orien at minus one eighty five. <laughs> okay, you get this one. I I said minus three hundred because I thought that Origin was so clearly uh the dominant team in that last game that it would uh you'd expect a bit more of a bump. It is uh it's minus two thirteen. So you get that one. That's fair. I, I don't think it's unreasonable. At the same time, uh it looks like a really tasty parlay now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a minus 213 can parlay with you know some of these other favorites that we're going to see and i i have a feeling there's there's some there's some money to be made without having to to make some crazy underdog pick right which is going to make it interesting uh the next game of course is KT versus LGD LGD obviously a really rough week but now things are all going to change because our lord flame has returned from the depths of the lgd bench it is now here to save this team from the acorn demise that had previously plagued them are you excited about this or is this just thorin and i who are super excited about this i mean i'm looking to this game because
1: even if they well they have to win they have to beat kt here yeah this this these two games are must-wins for TSM and, and KT, or and LGD. Um, basically, if, if TSM and, and LGD both lose, Orion and KT Roster secure the group, and then it's just a matter of seeding, which well, I think with as poorly as EDG has played and as kind of mediocre as Kiku has looked, you really want the number one seed because the- you don't want SKT.
0: Theoretically, TSM could lose the game to Origin and beat KT and beat LGD. And if KT lost to Origin and LGD, they would both be tied at 3-3 three and three with a 1-1 one one tiebreaker and a tiebreaker game. I think the odds of that are very slim, so I agree that it's pretty much a must-win game. But I do want to just throw out there, there is a potential tiebreaker, even if TSM loses one of these games, just depending on, on how KT Rolster plays the rest of the group. I I mean, there's a chance, but I think there's a a much larger chance of TSM beating Orion
1: than them beating KT Rolster. Oh, absolutely. I I truly think for them to be in the right mindset, they really need to win this game against Orion. And I think it's most likely for them to beat Orion.
0: No, that's fair. And and I do agree with you that this is absolutely a must-win for LGD. They have to win all three games and then get a little bit of help. So when you look at where this LGD team was last week... Do you think that a switch at top laner is enough? No, no, no. <laughs> So, so, so. Okay, that's that's fair. I mean, unless unless TBQ has
1: massively improved as a player in the last four days, and his champion pool is no longer an issue, because LGD has they have two games on red side. The only game that their blue side is against TSM, and I think TSM will still throw the Rek'Sai and Lee Sin ban at him and force him to take a lease. Like, mm-hmm. both Orion and KT Rolster get to ban Lee, ban Lee Sin and Rek'Sai with no consequences.
0: And, and that's the biggest concern, is that, especially on, on Red side with LGD, you, you know, KT can focus those bans, and if LGD doesn't just ban all three of the major, you know, the, the Mordekaiser, the Gangplank, the Lulu... Then they're just handing KT one of them because they know that you know what, what happens if KT picks Elise and now they're on LGD's you know what is he going to pick Vi again? Like, I... what do you even do? I, I this is this is a really rough position for LGD. Th- this and, is this and, is them just letting Flame get his game in. Yeah, and and you know what? Like, shout out to Flame. I think Acorn played particularly poorly. Uh, both Acorn and TBQ, by the way, were in the bottom five for. Uh, for KDA right now, TBQ is the worst at a .94 KDA, which really it, an inability to get to one is is quite worrying. That as especially as a jungler, right? Like it's not like he's he should be dying a crazy number of times in each of these games, mm-hmm. and you would think that he'd get at least a few assist tossed his way here and there just by being in the middle of these fights, and he still can't post a whole 1.0 KDA. He is the only player in this tournament who hasn't. And I don't think this tournament's getting any easier for him. Unless he's got (laughs) some secret jungler pocket pick that he spent the last week learning. Uh, I think he just had to, he has to accept at this point that he's not getting any of the champions that he wants. And if this team can't adjust to it, nothing else is really going to matter. Where do you think the line is for this game? I think there's a huge discrepancy in where the casinos think that LGD is, and where the okay. public thinks the LGD comeback is going to be, okay. and, and what's actually going on? Okay. I, I think you and I uh, can agree on this whole TBQ is a problem here. Yeah. And yet somehow minus 139. And I know LGD was favored minus 149 last time around, mm-hmm. but I I think we've learned from that, right? Like like LGD is not just gonna get Better just because Flame is in and we're supposed to believe that Chinese teams are all going to turn this around. EDG had problems today and they were in an easier group. I don't it, – it's, it's a weird line to me, but, uh, but I'll take it. I'm, I'm very happy to take KT in that one. So we'll see how that goes. By the way, if you are of the opinion that the LGD comeback is real, you're getting a plus 105 on that, which is not really much. But uh, but maybe you parlay that with some of their other games, which brings us to the uh, well. We'll have to wait a little bit, I guess, to bring it to the next LGD game. First up is the TSM versus KT game. This is important.
1: Yeah, this game is like insanely important. Um, I don't think TSM stands a chance in this game. I think KT is really just too good, but a really good game from TSM and Orion. Like, this will be one of those games I'm waiting to see how well TSM plays against Orion, if I want to gamble on. I want to see what version of TSM shows up. If a version of TSM shows up, and they're out for blood, and they just take it to Orion, you know, it's just this phenomenal game, they take it to Orion, I think that being on blue side, they can ban out some of these champions that KT Rolster are, you know, really, really need. Um, you know that really make their compositions work, and can get a couple of power picks by not banning any of the power picks. But I just think KT Rolster is at such another level when it comes to their ward control, when it comes to rotating
0: around the map, that I, I don't think TSM can can keep up with them. Well, that's the problem, right? I mean, when you look at the game that TSM won, they won because they had Mordekaiser. Getting caught out wasn't that big of a risk. So losing these, skir- you know, the risk of sk- skirmishes going the other way. Wasn't all that huge, especially when the enemy jungler was TBQ, and we all know how TBQ was playing last week. This is not that kind of team comp. The TSM's not getting that again, and KT's not going to play that kind of way. They have been so good at this early vision game, at getting these skirmishes, and at winning these things. And, you know, I'm sorry, Dyrus. I, I know that you really want to go out with a bang, but this is someday. And someday looked like the best top laner in the world last week. And I don't have any reason to believe that's not going to happen again. And I don't know how much... Help I mean, hopefully the bang
1: that he's going to go out with is that, you know, he's going to get to play a really fun champion in that last game against LGD. Yeah, that's the hope. I really hope he gets to play something fun.
0: I, I want to see the singed. Yeah, I want to see the singed or his jacks, whatever it is he wants to play. I want, I want him to go out. And just be able to say, I played my favorite champion in the last game, and I'm happy with my career on that. And I have a feeling that regardless of whether they win or lose, he's going to be that. Hello? That was weird. Hello? Yeah. I, there, there's no way there's anything on your end, is there? Hello? Can you not hear me? Hello? God, no, come on. There we go. Okay. This is weird, because I'm looking at my connection, and everything's fine, supposedly. Okay. Could cool. be, it could be lying to me. It, I mean, it clearly is, because we just disconnected there. What was the last thing you heard? Uh, I said,
1: I hope he plays Singed.
0: Okay, then I'll just clap and. And
1: then I heard, like, two words, and then it cut out.
0: Yeah, I'll just come in from there then. Three, two, one. Yeah, I hope he does too. I hope he's able to play whether it's his singed or his jacks. I just want him to end on a champion where he could say, I got to play my favorite champion. I got to play the way that I wanted to play my last game and and win or lose. I'm happy to go out on that. And I would be very surprised even if LGD wins that last game. I think Dyrus is going to be the post-game interview. And I think he's going to formally announce his retirement. And he's just going to you know, get the the last cheer from the world's crowd and call that a career. Which you know, there's a uh, there's a lot worse ways to go. I think uh, I think you'd have to look back on that and be pretty happy with what he's able to accomplish. Where do you think the line is on this game?
1: Uh, I think the lines at minus two seventy five for KT. I think that's pretty fair.
0: Yeah, that I I was a little bit higher than you. I said minus four hundred. It is minus three forty five. So oh, I, I get that one, and I think that. If you're looking at you know the TSM must win game plus two hundred and fifty are not bad odds. Yeah, no, that's not not too bad at all. But uh, but it is KT, and that's the thing <laughs> where I uh, I don't know. I, I, I think you might like there. There's an argument to be made if you think KT is going to go three zero in this group, you can parlay that you know. And you, if you think TSM is going to collapse, then you take <laughs> the Origin KT rollster uh, in both these games back to back parlay and that gets you uh 3.26 on your mm-hmm. total odds. That's really nice. Three games going chalk to to get, you know, plus Don't forget at the end of this, I need to check
1: what the three team te- what the three game parlay is for TSM.
0: Oh, that's true. We we need to keep going for this cuz we we promised we would look that up for our our fans, but we got a we got a couple more games to talk about first. Uh Origin versus LGD. Is there any reason to believe that LGD is going to come up with something that surprises uh, and, and upsets what Origin's been able to do so far in this tournament.
1: Only way LGD wins this game is if Acorn goes off on Soaz. Like, well, straight up goes off. And someone made a very fair point on Twitter here as I was kind of poking around. Uh, the last time we saw him play was, like, two months ago, and he was losing lane to Dandy.
0: Yeah. Uh, flame, as I'm, as I'm sure you meant to say, yeah, flame, it's, it's flame, really, not uh, Ankor. <laughs> yeah, he was, according to to ESH uh,
1: Drexon, who is kind of part of that China Talk crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, last games were two months ago, losing lane to Dandy and struggling against the tie and go going.
0: Yeah, and, and remember that this is uh, a Zizi tie that wasn't particularly strong at that at the time that Flame was still playing. And also Dandy as a top laner, not Dandy, the world-class jungler who <laughs> re- rests in pepperonis. Um, I, I I still never understood that move. But uh, but China, because China. Um, what do you think Origins I- – is it as simple as just run that last strategy back? I mean it, it seemed to be so effective in the opening it's game not, this group. It's not like the strategy. It's not like the exact picks and bands that you have to do. It's the, the play
1: style. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, keep – Orion has been the one team that throughout the course of this has played their style every single game. They've been, you know, aggressive. They've been very strong on their rotational play, like, you know, da 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 That's their style. That's what they need to keep doing. It's not just about, okay, well, you know, let's pick – you know, let's keep picking Twisted Fate and Vladimir. It's just be smart, force, uh, force LGD to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Don't let them dictate the tempo and the, and the play of the game. You know, you're the one who needs to dictate how this goes.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think that's completely fair. And so far for Origin, they've been able to do that. You know, Mithy has been uh, an amazing support so far. And his synergy with Amazing has been one of their strong suits. They've been able to get right. the engages they want. They've been able to to put that pressure down. And if LGD suffers from the same kind of early game struggles that we've seen every Chinese team struggle with so far, uh, it's going to be a rough day for them. Where yeah. do you think the line is on this game?
1: Orion minus two, uh,
0: 285. Okay. I'm going to get this one. Uh, this is another one of those lines where I have to, I have to talk directly to Unicorn here. The Cat. fine, lovely folks at Unicorn. I understand that y- you make your odds based on, on where the money goes. This is not, this is not your choice. But I, I hope you appreciate that the fact that LGD is favored in this game is both a blessing and a curse for you right now, because LGD minus 118 is the line of this game. That by the way, that's origin minus which 111, which is, you know, not as, not the favorites, but not a, uh, a plus in any way. You're not more than doubling your money. But at the same time, I get Origin minus 111, which... So that means I win this one because you're obviously higher than me, right? No, I said Origin minus 200. I thought I... The last line was... What a shh! Terrible way to lose that. (laughs) I'm really sorry. Like, I'm really, really sorry. I was going very cautious because LGD were minus 263 favorites the last time around. And I figured that what are the odds that they're going to do a 400-point swing... Which mm, is essentially what enough. you'd be doing there. Fair uh, enough. So that's why I went low.
1: I, I don't know. You know, going 0 3, looking like you don't belong at Worlds, looking like you're, you know, the 15th best team at Worlds. Let, I,
0: let me you know. Whatever. You know, I, uh, I got to be honest with you. I thought I went way too low with that pick. I felt badly about that pick when I made it. And yet Jeez. somehow, it's just, man, you never underestimate the power of Chinese gamblers. Like that and in the in the k t game I think both of those lines are way too low apparently um, and we're and we're going to get to the the line against t s m later um origin versus k t this is the the rematch i think everyone has been waiting for since we first saw it this was <laughs> the game of the tournament for a lot of people yeah this is this is probably going to be the best game straight straight up it's i mean it's been it was it was a mental chess game last time we saw it uh I loved seeing what Hermit did in order to try to throw KT off guard and just play on some of KT's strengths and turn them into weaknesses by preying on their their lack of Baron control on those very early Barons. I don't think you pull that trick again. I think Mm -hmm. it's really hard to catch KT with their pants down on that twice. I think the adjustments will very much be made. So what do you think Origin does this time around? To try to, to to keep those mind games going, but in a in a different way, I think they they
1: still they just they play their style still. They play this heavy rotational play. Um, I think the the prime example of what you do against arrow uh, against KT Rolster is the same thing on, on last time when we were talking about the recap after this game. That move where they went towards top lane where Soaz was split pushing. They moved towards top lane while KT was getting all this vision around dragon, mm-hmm. and then. The second they saw KT cross mid lane, swooped back through the jungle and went and stole dragon in full vision. Mm-hmm. Like KT had full vision over dragon, and Orion forced them to come top lane to stop a push. So they Orien rotated back and took dragon. Mm-hmm. That's the type of mind gaming you need to do. Not this. Okay, we throw a ward over. You know, we throw a pink ward over the wall. Okay, there's no wards in there. Te- you know, both players teleport in and let's take. You know, Baron. Like not that kind of stuff, which is what you're referring to. But I think the the actual let's you know uh let's let's mind game them you know mind game them to do something that gets us something in return yeah. type deal
0: i think origin was really smart in the last game at understanding the value of towers in this particular meta versus an individual kill or an individual dragon because right now this is such a snowballing meta if you get mm-hmm. a lead you can you can take that small gold lead and turn it into so much more because so many of these champions just benefit from those getting those item spikes before their opponent does, and I think that KT. It'll be very interesting to see how they play this week because last week they had this perfect, you know, great vision, really strong skirmish style. Let the pickaboo roam. Let you know. Let someday be the best top laner in the world. And all of that is great. None of that's necessarily a weakness or something that I would I would change. I think that strategy is what's gotten you here in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the way that everything is on five eighteen right now, you've got to make some tweaks. And I think KT is perfectly capable of making those tweaks. And it's interesting. And I just am very excited to see how Hermit tries to n- both anticipate those tweaks and tweak their own play so that they can continue to have this amazing run through Group D that I don't think anyone expected uh, when this was starting. Where do you think the line is on this?
1: KT Rolster,
0: mm-hmm. minus 150. Okay, you and I split this one because I, I said the exact same thing, which unfortunately for you is going to give me the day. You up five to four. In this uh, this universe, how the heck do you make name. LGD a favorite? I Ugh. don't. I, I still don't understand that game. That 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 is the one that shocks me more. than against Origin too. Origin went three and up. Anyway, KT uh, it's minus one sixty four, which I think is fair. I I I think if you're an Origin fan, you look at this and you say, oh, you mean I get to get plus one twenty five on Origin when they already did this once. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, I I agree. Like, that's
1: great for the gamblers that you know want to make a bunch of money. I'm totally okay with that. But man, that's that's really poor in my opinion. What you? That's think, really poor. You think KT Rollsters should not be the favorite in this game? Oh no 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 the the LGD one. Sorry no, right. no 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 KT should still be the slight favorite in this game. I think.
0: Yeah, and I, that's why I think I think this lane this one is fair. I think there's value if you're on Origin side of it. If you think that Origin yeah. can continue this. I, I think it's going to be a 5 and 1. I, I think Origin could drop this game and then have the tiebreaker with both yeah. of these teams at that 5 and 1 mark. That would be the ideal just because I think even when you know, when Origin, you know, when when two teams are that good, it's very rare that you get the 2-0. Oh, and
1: I don't think I, I don't think there's going to be a uh uh
0: I don't think there's going to be a tiebreaker. Really? Yeah. So you think either KT drops Either Origin wins that game, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or you think Origin is going to drop a game other than the KT game, or you think KT drops a game. Yeah, TSM TSM
1: and LGD. One of them are beating one of Orion or KT. Interesting. It's it's which game is it that I'm not sure about. Mm -hmm. That's that's the problem I'm having. But one of them loses.
0: You know, Lord Flame, you never know. You're never out as long as you trust in, in the power of, you know, those juggernauts. The Lord CJ of Oh, man. <laughs> I uh, I really – my uh, I have to root for LGD tomorrow, which is going to be really weird because I really love seeing what Hermit's done with Origin. But yeah. I can't root against Flame. It goes against everything I know as a Season 2 C.J. Antis fan. Uh, so, I think the line for this is KT season two C.J. I, I know, but okay. it's playing. It's TBQ. You realize I you're rooting for TBQ. I, look, I'm minus not saying it's a, a, a something that makes me happy. Ooh, I'm not saying I'm comfortable there. with there's this. There's a lot of money but there. i Kitties for two, that splits, with two that splits now. So really, over this is not much new to me. Call it a day. <laughs> I, I'm used to this kind of pain. Your response is, at least I also am rooting for M. There might be some three teams. Yeah, I got... Can you imagine quarterfinals? How is that not my response? You're right. That's... Oh, man.
1: Can you imagine a quarterfinals without Imp?
0: I think it's very
1: likely to be. A quarterfinals. That that is the world we live in.
0: God, this has been a great world. This has been a great topsy turvy. What even is happening? Worlds. Uh, last game. Now we finally get to talk about that last LGD TSM game. Uh, LGD obviously, if if they struggled against Origin and KT, which you and I both think they're they're likely to do, this is where they're hoping to. Kind of redeem themselves and not go back to China 0 and 6, which is the worst case scenario for a team that outright won China all of a month ago. But on the other hand, this is Dyrus' last game, a lot of implications there. Where do you think these teams are going to try to shift? Cannon their versus stuff? Cinched. Okay. Cannon versus Cinched. I'm okay with this. <laughs>
1: You'd be okay with it. I—I I mean, I think it'll be a show match. That's what it comes down to, mm-hmm. unless TSM does the unthinkable and beats both Orion and KT,
0: which seems like a lack of—I I wouldn't put a lot of trust in that. Um, I think that's unthinkable. It—it it would be rough. It would be a very—it would be a very surprising sequence of events. But what I mean, do you think? Do you, how about this? Do you think TSM is able to send Dyrus off with a victory here? Like, just if I, from the perspective of a TSM fan, someone to whom this last Dyrus game is going to mean a lot, because so, you've been on record saying that this is this is the last guy on this team you really care about. So, if LGD has not won a game... So, if LGD
1: hasn't beat Orion or KT, they win this game.
0: Okay. Are you That's, okay with I, I know I'm... As a TSM fan. I'm not okay with that. I would be upset with it. I would be totally upset with it.
1: At this point, they're not getting out of groups. I only care about them sending, sending Dyrus you know, into the sunset with an, a, another win under his belt. If they go, you know, if they get only two wins, like, fine. I'm glad it's against the number one team in China. We can always say, well, you know, China is really who TSM crushes. Mm-hmm. Like, forget the Koreans. Like, we beat the Chinese. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. But. You know, and and Dyrus gets to go off in the sunset with, uh, you know, not being last in his group. Uh, with an IAM World Championship, he gets to say he beat both Acorn and Flame in lane, like... And then he gets to go be a streamer and be entertaining again.
0: Yeah. He and the odd one can duo queue all day long and no one can stop them. Oh, oh god. That's amazing. I know, right? Like this is this is the perfect the TSM retirement home is gonna be a really nice place to visit. As
1: someone who used to watch them stream together on own three D, that just makes my heart well up.
0: Here here's my question for you, and maybe this is this is too soon. Are you more looking forward to his last game? On, on, on TSM and being able to, to to have that final moment with this player that you've grown to love? Or are you more excited for the multiple-page document he has promised to release? Oh, oh the multiple-page document that this dude's about to release? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to read that. That's going to be amazing. I, I, I just hope that whatever he says in that document is not going to prevent him from being a streamer for TSM going forward. That I, that's he my to that's
1: a my favorite for TSM going forward. He can just go do his own thing. That's true, that's true. At this point, why like screw Reggie? I go mean, off and be your own man. You and you had, him and Odd one by themselves could leave TSM, go get some random apartment someplace, and convince CBS that it'd be a great buddy cop reality show.
0: I would watch that reality show. Like it's they basically it could be psych. Can, can we they could basically be psych. Can we put Dyrus back in that suit of armor he had for that one IGN video?
1: Oh my lord, that'd be fantastic.
0: I would. I would think that has to happen for at least one episode. It'd be a great, be a great shout out to the hardcore fans. Where do you think the line is on this game?
1: Well, <laughs> since LGD is favored over Orion, yeah, that's true. I have to assume LGD is favored over TSM. Um, Orion minus one hundred and fifty over TSM.
0: I'm pretty much sure you meant to say LGD minus 150 over TSM. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, LGD minus, <laughs> and uh, and you're going to get this one. I yeah. said minus 250 uh, over TSM because I figured that China was going to be inflating all these odds because people are going to have some weird belief that China's going to come back, <laughs> and it is uh, minus 192. Which leads me to what I feel is, is an obvious question: Why is LGD? Like only like, one ninety two in this TSM game. Origin is two thirteen in this game. Like, is it is it just, is it that LGD and Origin are supposedly the same strength, or is it that TSM is like like? I don't even know how we're supposed to interpret all of this. These are some of the weirdest lines I've ever seen Unicorn put out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand
1: them being underdogs. For Or them being the favorites In the, two, the games against the two western teams yeah. Other than the fact that maybe Their odds were so high against them In the first round That like you said Unicorn can't justify The swing back the other way
0: Well I mean I, I assume it's like In any casino right Where it's the money that decides Where these things end up And you know China Is there really that much money on LGD at this point Like that's what I can't understand If you're a Chinese fanboy Why would you not like, China has a lot of money to throw at these kinds of things. I,
1: I get that China tends to censor stuff and tends to, you know, not necessarily, like, allow the truth to come through on the internet. But, man, you really can't tell me that you watched the shellacking that LGD got last weekend and say, yeah, you know what, I really think that, you know, we're going to put money on LGD here.
0: It it seems weird to me. I, I yeah. am confused by the decision that was made here, but... You know, that's – I'm okay with that because now there are all these parlays. We can just take the anti-LGD parlay. If you well, – first of all, should we do the anti-LGD parlay first or the uh, – well, I, I the mean I've got, the TS, team for- I've
1: got the TSM three-team parlay, and I'm not going to do it because all three of these games won't happen. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to individually bet on these games. Yeah. That- I, I know – I'm going to start the day with the TSM over Orion. Just, you know, a small bet. We'll see what happens. And then over the course, like if TSM plays really, really well against Orion, I, and I know I said on the last podcast I wasn't going to bet on TSM. <laughs> but I have almost a 300 unicorn lead. I told you you were going to do this. You told it's me. It's more entertaining for everyone else if I actually stay
0: being this totally TSM fanboy. I agree. So. Dude, put if you put five unicorns on the three team teaser for TSM, just all TSM all day long. Yeah, you would win a potential of one hundred and eleven unicorns. Yes, twenty two point three. Yes, but I can win more if I separate
1: it and get the two games that they do win, or the one game. You know, the two the, games the, the that two, they do win. The yeah. two potential. Okay, if they win against if they win against
0: Orion or KT, they beat LGD. I agree with that. So that two games, if they beat El- if they beat KT, and then Origin beats KT, the the TSM tiebreaker is in play. I don't think they win the tiebreaker, but could you imagine that? You know, Dyrus has this like emotional like, oh man, this could be the last time he gets on stage, and then they force the tiebreaker, and he yeah. gets that one. You know, and he gets to have that one last crazy game. It, it could be fun. Group D. So- the th- The three anti
1: l g d games so going k t against l g d orient against l g d and t s m against l g d if you bet five Unicoins would bring you back forty so not
0: not as high, not as high, but not bad, not terrible like i don't i don't feel badly about that, and I feel like that's a lot more likely to happen. I have yet to hear the explanation of how t b q is going to get better, like let me do. I mean, the problem is with the way that we presented our rules, which if you guys have been listening at the beginning, you're already aware of this. We don't gamble on the same team twice, and you can't gamble against your – Well, the uh, same game twice. Or the same – yeah, you can't gamble on the same game twice. Uh, That means you can't double up on these things. So I promise you uh, Walter and I are going to spend at least a good you know, half an hour to an hour playing around with all these odds and deciding what teasers are worth taking right away. And for, what teasers we'd rather wait and see, depending on how to go tomorrow. Now,
1: for all the Orion fanboys, mm-hmm. if you want to gamble on, all, on Orion winning every single game, if you bet five Unicoins, you make 31. Yeah,
0: that's so. a, that's a I, I over, over that, That's, that's not bad. Yeah. That's I mean, not actually a bad bet. No, it's not. Hell, if you, if you believe in KT Rolster, you can get a plus 350. It's, it's really... What, what you're looking for here is, what team do you believe most in? And if you believe – because one of these teams is going to come out with a 3-0 and and make a statement as to why they should be the head of this, this group. I, I, am, I am of the opinion that either Origin or KT Roaster are going to play the I have to prove that I can stand up to SKT and I can make this a series and Worlds hasn't been decided. And we're just going to go in full-on FU mode and make that run because everyone's ruling out everyone who is an SKT. One of them is going to prove that that's not the right thing to do. It's a matter of which one you think it is. Uh, I, I have to think about these. It's a lot of fun lines. It's a lot of fun games. It almost justifies the fact that it'll have to be up at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. And poor Walter, your, your sleep schedule just – I can't I'm, imagine. I'm not going to I'm, – I'm going to probably take a nap this afternoon mm-hmm. and then
1: eat these amazing short ribs that I've had making in the, uh, in the, the slow cooker, mm-hmm. the crock pot. I'm probably gonna do that. Take a nap, eat dinner, and then I'm just gonna play League all night until these games come up. That sounds so, like a pretty
0: awesome plan. I gotta,
1: I, I gotta I, be that's, a, that's the best plan that I can come up with. I
0: think day. I, I think on Sunday when they start even earlier, I think I'm gonna join you in that plan. We could we could do some uh, some duo
1: Q hype. And, I, I will uh, I will welcome you. I wish that I had a good enough computer to stream it because it'd probably be entertaining. <laughs>
0: We'll see. I'll, uh, maybe I'll look into it. I don't know. I don't actually have any experience with it, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. It's, uh, it, it'll be fun. But regardless, we'll let you know what we decide on that. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at 5 p.m. Uh, PST, just like we have been throughout all of these worlds. We hope you are enjoying this. Uh, please, if you like uh, what we're doing, share it with your friends. Uh, word of mouth and just letting people know that this thing exists is the best thing you could ever possibly do for us. Uh, but if you also want to send some love our way, you can follow me on Twitter at at RedShirtKing. And Walter, where can they find you? At C-H-E-D-E-S underscore L-O-L. Perfect. And with that, we say goodbye, Internet.